In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. What an awesome guest. Um, just really looking forward to this. Uh, he's back. It's awesome. Loving it. Uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Albright, thank you so much for your time. Uh, last last year, you were our most listened to show. And thank you for all the help you did with 12 Days of Christmas. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. It's, uh, I'm glad to uh, be holding the number one spot most listened to right there. I, uh, I, always like, uh, I always like coming in first, so let's spike the football on that one too. Yeah, excellent. More listens, more listens than uh, DJ, so I don't think he's going to be happy about that. But uh, Ben, you are a number one guy. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right, excellent. So um, we've got some of our um, listeners have asked some questions for you. And I think the first question that's on everyone's uh, lips at the moment, uh, Brown's head coach. So uh, Brown's mock draft have asked a question. What's your view on the uh, next head coach for the Browns? They're still trying to figure the situation out. Uh, I'll tell you this. Freddie Kitchens is a huge part of the decision-making matrix there. So they want to keep him as OC, but the, the plan right, you know, initially is, was not to promote him to head coach, but find a way to keep him as offensive coordinator. And I think that as time has gone on, um, that has kind of shifted a little bit because, you know, there are options for what they want to do and recognizing that if Kitchens, even if he's everything that they think he is, well, they're going to lose him at the end of next season anyway when other teams are going to say, hey, we need to make him a head coach. So uh, I would suggest that he is now more in the mix than he ever was. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy's situation, they're, they're, you know, they, they were a little um, – they were interested. He went on to the Jets, and now that Jets situation kind of seems to be falling apart a little bit. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that means McCarthy returns to the mix with the Browns coaching search or not, but – you know, I would suggest that at this point, the quote-unquote leaders in the clubhouse uh, would be guys like Dan or Matt Campbell uh, or Freddie Kitchens. Okay. Just to go from a name that shot up really early, um, at Maverick Murph, um, he might be a Tampa fan, but he listens every day. Arians was a big name for us and uh, was only coming out of retirement for the Browns. Then it looks like, is it going to happen? Is he off to the... Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, I actually, uh, that was one of the ones, and I, I normally, like, I don't normally like to do this because it sounds kind of douchey, but I broke that one, so I want some credit on that. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to hire Bruce Arians. If, if, unless something drastic changes between now and Tuesday, the Tampa Bay Bucks will be hiring Bruce Arians as their new head coach. Just, do you know what sort of happened behind the scenes of, like, I'm only coming to the Browns and I don't really want to come out of retirement, but I'll do it for that? What do you know what sort of changed or? Well, that wasn't exactly an honest statement to begin with, but it gave him, he was interested in the Browns job a little bit, but I, I think that they weren't interested in him and they didn't kind of love him up enough. And, you know, the other part of that is, is that uh, a job working with his buddy, Jason Light, you know, is, is coming open. So basically what happened was he and Light kind of talked behind the scenes a little bit. 
Um, Jason wanted to hire Bruce right off the bat, and the owner of the Tampa Bay Bucks, the ownership for the Tampa Bay Bucks, said, no, uh, we're not going to let you just hire your buddy. We're going to do a full coaching search. So basically what happened was they hired a coaching search firm um, to vet some other candidates just in case, and they're kind of coming back around to Bruce Arians being the guy. Nice. Um, there's someone at Aaron Rolls Rowles. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. He's asked just about Kitchens. So Kitchens has been linked with OC jobs in places, but no sort of names have been out there. Have you got any idea who's after him? I, I can understand why teams want him to be offensive coordinator. Um, anyone's sort of spoke up on that yet? Well, Tampa would be very interested in hiring him to go with Bruce Arians. Um, that's, that's one of the ones that, you know, you got to kind of, kind of keep your eye on actually, um, you know, out of all of, them. um, you know, kitchen's been around the league a while. Um, you know, he's been, he's been in the NFL, I think nonstop since, uh, 2006, if I remember correct, uh, prior to that, he, he'd done five or six years in the, on the college circuit or whatever, but, uh, it would be, it would be most likely with, with Bruce Arians. There was some talk about the Dallas Cowboys, uh, potentially being interested if they fire Scott Linehan of bringing him in to kind of be the guy for Dak Prescott. Uh, but I, I think those are really kind of the only two options, you know, maybe as far as that goes. Um, and then uh, maybe a distant third option would be him going back to Arizona. Sort of Matt Nagy was one of the biggest names last season. And if you look at sort of Matt Nagy and um, Freddie Kitchen's CV, it's very similar. If the only difference is uh, Freddie's actually called more games as an offensive coordinator, why sort of was there so much hype around Nagy? And there's doesn't seem to be that same hype around teams of we want Matt, uh, we want Freddie Kitchens to be our head coach. I think part of that is because Nagy got tutored by Andy Reid, and the Andy Reid tree seems to be pretty successful. There's a a mentorship there, whereas Freddie Kitchens, you know, I, I guess he comes off the Bruce Arians tree, sort of. Um, you can look at you know uh, he, under Greg Williams. Does that really count? Um, you know, in the very limited time as an interim offensive coordinator where Nagy, um, you know, kind of did it for two years. Now, Nagy did only call the plays for, for a little under a year, but, um, you know, he, he was an offensive coordinator for two and kind of got his feet into, uh, you know, building game plans and all that kind of stuff. I think there's just so much of an interim state of flux, uh, ad hoc kind of um, – feel to what the Browns did this year post Hugh and, and Haley that teams are concerned, you know, is, is Freddie the guy, you know, is he the guy? Why, why has no one ever thought of him as the guy before now? What's, what's the reason for that? And so, um, you know, being a head coach is a lot different than being an offensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. It's a lot of X's and O's tactician type stuff and those kind of things. But a head coach is more about managing personalities, managing egos, time management, things like that. And, you know, for a head coach, you really want a precise detail oriented person. And, you know, I, I think Freddie's a great offensive coordinator. I just don't know that he's that kind of personality as a head coach. And I think the teams have questions about that. And that's, that's kind of the reason there hasn't been more hype on him. Question for you, uh, uh, Benjamin. If um, Mike McCarthy doesn't end up at the Jets or the Browns, where else can you see him going? Uh, if he doesn't get either one of those jobs, uh, I think he would sit the year out. Um, Arizona offered him, and he told them no. Um, I think he's, he's, you know, he's the kind of guy who can look and, and kind of pick and choose his own uh, scenario. I think it's weird to me the perception of Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has the exact same career winning percentage as Sean Payton. They've won the same number of Super Bowls. Both of them had Hall of Fame future quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, one of them is viewed as a, as a failure. The other one's viewed as a wild success. 
So I, I think that, you know, maybe Mike McCarthy wants to take a, a year, sit back, step back, maybe kind of evaluate the league around and look at some other things that he hadn't had a chance to look at. And um, if he doesn't get one of the jobs that he's preferred, you know, to go to, he'll kind of have his, his pick, uh, you know, in the, in the year, ne- the next year. Okay, excellent. Thanks. Um, one of our listeners, um, Matthew Darcy, has asked, can you see the Browns trading up for a Josh Allen or Ed Oliver-style uh, player? Uh, I mean, I guess they could. Dorsey doesn't have a problem moving up or, or, or down as far as that kind of stuff. You'd have to really get up there to get Ed Oliver. Um, you know, I don't – and Allen, I don't know that they really need a Josh Allen. Allen's more of an edge guy. I don't know that you really need him. You've got, uh, you've got a couple of decent edges already. Really what the, the Browns need to do is get some 43 linebackers, um, you know, with some better um, – with some better side-to-side range. I don't know if Jamie Collins is it. Uh, you know, Schobert's a highly intelligent guy. I like him. Uh, and Avery's kind of come into his own. But I, I think you, you probably need one or two more linebackers back there. Uh, you kind of want to work on your offensive tackles still, I think. Uh, so maybe if Greg Little was available, I think that's a direction you go, you know, protect the investment in Baker. And then, you know, I think you, you can throw a couple more picks at receiver personally and maybe another running back. Um, you know, you've got Chubb and Jackson, but really that third, maybe even fourth running back, you kind of need to, you know, solidify. So, you know, if it's me, I'm looking at a couple other places. I don't know that I'm throwing money at edge rushers when you, you kind of got a few. Yeah, that makes sense. Jack, any views on that? Yeah, I, I think we need, one more sort of on the edge rusher and maybe a defensive tackle because you've got Miles Garrett that's amazing. You've got Ogba and Avery, they're, they're really good, but they're not great. And it's just that little bit more to push them over the line because um, we saw, oh, I forget which team we were playing. It was it was one of the last weeks of the season. Like Every time they ran the ball, they ran to the, um, I'm trying to think scheme-wise, they ran to the right to avoid Miles Garrett and it was like everything other than I think one play they went everything to the right because there was no Miles Garrett and it's just trying to get something else on that other side to shut down the team yeah and there's a there's a schematic advantage to that too so if you if you start running to the right early on the Browns what you're doing is you're tiring Garrett out in the pass rush as well that's a a double-edged sword you run away from him uh you're avoiding him and then two he's chasing the back side of the play so uh he's going to get winded having to run further you know and so uh, I think teams have kind of figured that out I I get that I I still think Agba's you know I think he's serviceable um I do agree on a defensive tackle um and we'll see we'll see or Dorsey likes to, you know, kind of try to address each of the position groups, throwing another another body in there with the draft as far as that goes. So I, I don't expect them to ignore any one particular area other than probably the interior of the, of the offensive line. We've had a few requests come through from our, our listeners asking if you'd consider moving to Cleveland because loads of fans would love you to cover the team daily. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'll put it this way. If uh, if the situation was right, I would uh, I would certainly consider it. I I um I would uh, I would not be opposed to that at all. What a diplomatic answer, Ben. Well done. <laughs> um, uh, Jordan Wolf has asked a question. One Browns target in the free uh, agent. Uh, any names you think that we should be looking at? Uh, well, Shaq Barrett is one you're going to want to look at. At Edge Rusher, we were talking about. Uh, they previously had interest in him. They tried to trade uh, Joe Thomas for Shaq Barrett. Uh, and a draft pick um, that was uh, not this past season, but season before, I think it was before he retired. Um, so they, they, the Browns, the previous regime had tried to trade Joe Thomas and, and uh, for Shaq Barrett, a draft pick. Uh, and that ultimately Elway said no. And that ultimately fell through. But um, 
you know, I, that could be something they, they, the, you know, they still have in play there as maybe a, a strong side linebacker edge rusher. Shaq's a very talented guy. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be in demand. Baltimore's very interested. So uh, I, I would suggest that's one guy to keep an eye on. So we've had a chat, Patrick Overturf asked, why hasn't David Tube got any head coaching um, interviews yet? Because it was sort of a name that was quite highly sort of in the past and sort of it's all gone quiet this year. Yeah, he bombed his interviews last year, basically. Um, he was not a very good interview and, um, you know, teams have kind of shied away from that. So uh, I think they've moved on to, uh, uh, you know, they kind of said, well, uh, we gave him a shot. He, he wasn't the guy. We've moved on. Okay, we've got a chap called Kirk that said, if you were to promote Kitchens the head coach, what names out there uh, would be the targets or would you think we should be looking at for defensive coordinators? Defensive coordinators? Oh, man. Um, I would suggest that Todd Bowles would be in the running. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, most of the other guys that I would say are already defensive coordinators, guys like James Betcher. Um you know, those guys would probably already, those guys would be the guys. And I think they would, they're already coordinators. So, uh, you know, I, I would suggest that, that Bowles, although he's probably going to wind up with Rosarians down there in Tampa, or uh, if Vic uh, Fangio gets a job in Chicago, uh, the defense coordinator in Chicago, he may go there. All right, excellent. Uh, a question from one of your biggest fans in London, a guy called Paul Brown. He has asked <laughs> a question. With Mike Mayock going to the Raiders with a GM job, can we see you joining the dark side and uh, going NFL side? If the money was right, I would. Uh, I would be there. Uh, I'm just going to tell you though, I'm not taking. Uh, I'm not taking a hundred hour, hundred hour a week uh, regional scouting job for uh, uh, for minimum wage. That's uh, that's having me driving around eating McDonald's all the time. But for the right job offer, yeah, I'd be, I would certainly be open to joining a front office. And any ideas going to replace uh, Mike with the uh, draft w work with the NFL? Yeah, it'll be Daniel Jeremiah. Okay. We like DJ. Um, here's one that I thought was a funny question that I, I don't know what you're going to answer this. What is the stupidest thing anyone has ever asked you on Twitter? Because uh, that the, uh, the stupidest thing anyone's ever asked was what was the stupid? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, Oh, man. I think it was the other day when somebody asked if the Browns were going to trade up for Dwayne Haskins. Um, <laughs> because, yeah. And I, yeah, I was like, why would they even want Haskins? Because they have Baker Mayfield. So I think that uh, there's a recency bias. But that's probably the dumbest thing anybody's ever asked. Yeah, it's the oh. sort of thing that if you're in the fourth round and sort of Dwayne Haskins is there, then you can see a team just going, yeah, why not? We've got a quarterback, but why not back him up with someone decent? But it was like, why would you trade up in the first for Dwayne Haskins? Smad. Yeah, you're not. No coach is creating a quarterback controversy for their franchise quarterback. They just drafted number one overall last year. All right, great. Who my last. The, who broke the rookie touchdown record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben. My last question for you is: What's your Super Bowl predictions? Well, uh, you know, I, I think it's. I think the AFC is is tough to project because I like the Chargers, Colts, and Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have the defense that the other two teams do, so. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, in the preseason, I picked the Chargers, so I'm going to kind of stick with that. But the Colts are kind of my, my, my favorite in a recency uh, with a recency bias. Um, you know, over on the NFC side, I think the Bears are the team to beat. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if that pans out. The Saints look pretty good lately. Um, the Rams started hot, but they kind of faltered down the stretch. We'll see if that continues. 
Uh, but I, I think those are the six teams. I think, and if I had to, if you, if you put a gun to my head and force me, uh, I'd take the Bears and uh, either the Colts or the Chargers. Wow, excellent. All right, great. Jack, any last questions? No, it's just uh, the Colts have come out of nowhere. Um, I think I could even run with a ball behind Quinton Nelson. He is just <laughs> a monster. Um, the, the guy's just scary. He's literally scary. It's just the damage he does to a defensive lineman. And he enjoys it, too. That's the whole thing. Like, he, he enjoys inflicting, you know, pain on defensive linemen. Like, that's what he gets up for. So, you know, that's the right attitude to have. I think when, uh, when we were doing scouting reports on him, I said, man, that's, that's the second coming of Steve Hutchinson right there. And, uh, you know, early, early returns look good. All right, good. Well, look, Ben, thank you so much for your time. Where can we find your details if anyone's not crazy enough to be following you? Uh, well, you can, uh, you can unfollow me at Albright NFL cause, uh, yeah, uh, I unblocked everybody on new year's happy new year's everyone. So, uh, you know, everybody's eligible to follow again. Um, and, uh, for now that's about it. we got some TV stuff that's going to be coming out soon. So, uh, I'll give you guys an update on that as soon as we get the, the final word. Yeah. When are we going to hear about this TV show? You talked about it last time. We're super excited. Yeah, we got uh, we got pushed back a little bit, but uh, we're part of that was because the studio burned down. So we're <laughs> we're actually building a new studio, uh, and then once that's done, we'll be set to kind of make announcements. Did the booga buggy crush into it? <laughs> <laughs> Struck by a meteor. They just you know someone out there doesn't want me to do TV. I guess I don't know. Oh, excellent. Well, look, uh, hopefully we'll uh, meet up in uh, 2019 for that uh, drink and. Thank you, Ben, for all your time and all the uh, hard work you do behind the scenes. You are one of the number one people we like to follow on uh, Twitter, so thank you very much. Well, I appreciate you guys, and uh, keep the fish and chips in the kettle ready for me. Yeah. <laughs> when you come over to Europe, Ben? Uh, I'm trying to. Do, I'm actually trying to work something like that around May. So keep your uh, after the draft. Keep your uh, keep your eyes open. Fish and chips, and maybe we can squeeze in a game of uh, football, soccer. Maybe. <laughs> All right, Ben. Thank you very much. Absolutely, guys. Take care. It's been a pleasure.